reasons I came to this town They left long ago So I'm left standing on Mason Line Waiting for them I'm Lindsay Birch, and this is episode one of The Clanks. Okay, so I never really wanted to do a podcast. Truthfully, I hate hearing the sound of my own voice recorded. But I'm a shitty writer, and I really wanted more people to hear this story. I decided to call it The Clanks, which I'll explain more about later. The Clanks is a story of a boy that goes by Robbie back in the 20s during Prohibition. I guess it's more than just a story about him. It's his story about his life. He actually recorded it, and there are a lot of tapes. I'm trying to track them all down so I can hear the whole story, too. This all started when I was visiting my grandpa in Long Island. We were going through some old boxes, looking for some photo album he really wanted to find. I think he might have been looking for some old photos of his war days. While I was looking through this pile of shit in his garage, I found an old trunk filled with little trinkets, and there were these two old magnetic tapes. They were covered in dust, and the old ratty labels were peeling off. Most of it I couldn't read because the ink had rubbed off. So I asked my grandpa about it, and he just said, Why don't you take them with you? So I brought them back to L.A. with me. It was one of the words on the label that made me really curious. I had some smudges, but I couldn't read the word. Um, I could just read, please, a blank space where something had been written, and then the word me. After I started listening to the tapes, I got kind of obsessed. But before I get too much further, I want to play the first part so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. I grew up in New York. I wasn't a very good kid. In fact, I got kicked out of school, as I mentioned earlier. I busted some kid's teeth in. It wasn't my fault, though. He was trying to shove my head in the toilet, and I wasn't going to have it. Because I got kicked out, though, I didn't really learn how to read or write. And growing up, my dad used to read to me, and I really liked it. But he left, so I'm kind of stuck on my own. I really liked Call of the Wild by Jack London. I saw myself as Buck. And I needed to be scrappy and tough to make it through the city, I guess. And uh, now I just find friends that can read to me and try and get my stories that way. I was hoping to be an author, though. I wanted to write books, and maybe my dad would hear it, and I don't know, he could hear my stories that way, I guess. And uh, with my major lack of skills in writing, I can't really be an author, per se, but... My friend downstairs, who I live above, his dad, he works on these audio devices, and he lets me borrow them, so that's how I'm recording this. And I'm hoping to send these to somebody and have them write it down for me. Maybe I can get out of here. After what happened to Frank, I just... I don't think I can stay working on the tracks much longer. I don't know if I'm going to live working on the tracks much longer unless I get out of here. So that's how I got interested. There are a lot of these tapes. Hours of recordings. I figured he wouldn't keep recording if there wasn't something good. So after I listened to the first tape, I listened to another one, and I heard this. It's April 27th, 1926. We've been running the tracks early in the mornings for the past three weeks now. Ziggy and I are here every morning as the sun creeps over the water. The sun feels good on these mornings, but the air feels thick. Almost ominous. Probably because of the deal we somehow got roped into. Not really sure how I got to this point, but I've learned it's best to keep your head down and do as you're told. Talking back with these folks is a good way to lose a finger or some teeth. 
So here I am, break of dawn, every morning, in the clanks. So that was the first part of tape seven that I found. And we'll come back to that. But I guess first I should at least tell you who I am. My name is Lindsay and I live in Los Angeles. I'm a graphic designer at a small startup company. We make custom growlers for breweries across the country. I make the graphics for the screen prints. It's a part-time gig, but I like working with customers to create graphics and seeing the growlers come out with freshly printed ink is pretty satisfying. But after hearing these tapes, I started to feel a connection with Robbie and I wanted to help him tell his story, similar to what he was trying to do 90 something years ago. I've always been interested in old technology and these recordings are different. They're on larger rolls. They're pretty cool. When I got back from Long Island, I went straight to a little shop called The Record Parlor. The walls there are covered in these old vinyls and bookcases filled with old classic records and tapes. The sound of old recordings has always resonated with me. I'm not sure if it's the raspy sound or the technology behind it, but it's always intrigued me. Jerry, the shop owner, he helped me get the magnetic tapes working and a tape deck to transcribe the sound to my computer so I can play them for you. After listening to the first two recordings, I called my grandpa to learn some more. We always used to do puzzles together, and I think this was his way of giving me a different kind of puzzle since I don't get to visit him as often as I'd like. Hi, Grandpa. Hey, kiddo. So those tapes you let me take? Well, I went and got an old tape deck, and I listened to it. Uh, so I'm guessing you want to learn some more about it? Well, yeah. I mean, it was kind of rude to send me off without knowing anything about it. It's a little more fun this way, isn't it? I guess so. But now I want to know more about it. I mean, where did you even get this? Well, my father grew up during Prohibition. He was 30 at the time, and trying not to get mixed up with the wrong people. So, did he know the boy that made this recording? He didn't know the boy, but was friends with his brother. And it made it into my father's hands in some way or another. Well, do you have any other records from this boy? After you left, I thought you might want others. It looks like in the attic my dad had nine more tapes. The ones that you took were labeled one and seven, correct? Um, hold on. Let me grab it. Yeah, it looks like it has a seven scribbled on it in black ink. Looks like I have everything from two to twelve, but I'm missing number eight. Can you send them to me? Already in the mail. Great, thanks. Oh, and Grandpa? Yeah? I forgot to mention, I'm going to turn this into a podcast for people to listen along. Podcast? Is that like an internet thing? Yeah, like an internet audio blog. Is it okay if I put this on the podcast? Sure. Sounds like a fun adventure. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. That was a conversation I had with my grandpa a few weeks ago. And since then, I've listened to the tapes, and they're pretty interesting. So the first part you heard was from the middle of tape one, and this next part is the beginning of tape one. I've been trying to edit them together so they make more sense. All right. I hope this thing is working. It's April 3rd, 1926. I guess with all the bullshit in this world, it's kind of nice to talk at this metal can and not have it say anything back to me. And uh, hopefully I can make some kind of story out of this because I need to figure a way out of here. I've been working in the train yard for over a decade at this point. I started when I was 12. I got kicked out of school and just went straight down to work in the tracks. The freight is big for the city. The goods come and go and there's a lot of work to be done. 
none of the work is really that good and it's pretty hard but some areas of the tracks are better than others I work in an area called the clanks at least that's what we call it it's a strip of track that runs through the city right before the industrial section the tracks down here they're beaten down and the trains just rattle and battle their way through like a machine of war it's loud and dark and it's dirty there's some weird characters that wander the tracks and tunnels especially at night in the clanks the city buildings rise high and the rich just pass and go and they don't even see us down here you can see the underbelly of the city all the pipes just the water and the exhaust from the cars just kind of fall into the clanks I kind of feel like I fit down here in some ways I, I saw myself as a piece of coal in a grimy city growing up and I guess it just kind of made sense that I worked down here. The government sanctioned the tracks to the city here and run the inner dealings with the freight companies. It's my job and that of the guys that I work with to manage all the track switching, refill the engines, and load up any additional freight. There's nine of us down here. The trains come in, we refuel them, add the additional freight, and send them along. We keep it running smooth. We all have nicknames down here. And pretty good family I'd say but mostly we shoot the shit and we trade some drags on cigarettes I don't really like the drug per se but mostly I like the common interest in the company that comes with it so why not we consist of shoe shiners and thieves and men that couldn't catch a stride in the higher ranks in society a few guys that came through were drunks or just batshit crazy but most were like me Ziggy has been my partner in the clinks for years we've always made a point to watch each other's backs He's kind of led a similar path as me. His mom did too many drugs. She's not around anymore. And uh, he started working the tracks to get food. And one day his dad just left for Detroit. So he never saw him again. People down here call me Robbie. You'd think my name was Robert, but it's not. It's actually Tim. But I'll tell you that later because I don't really feel like telling it right now. day two and it's the fourth of April the temperature today was warm and the air was super wet so the tracks were really pliable and they were easy to maneuver I decided I was gonna take on the project that my freight conductor had given me a few weeks ago he told me it needed to be done by the 20th like most of my life I kind of just pushed it off until it was gonna be the right day which isn't gonna happen because who wants to rip up 400 feet of track and replace it with new ties but Today was the day, so track 7 has always been a piece of shit. We just don't use it anymore. And uh, if it was up to me, I would think I'd just forget that it exists and just cover it with dirt. But Sully wanted it repaired, and it was up to me to do it. Sully's our foreman. He's brash, and he calls the shots. The first time I met him, he was just tossing some guy down the stairs for stealing cargo. He's not really a good guy, I guess, but he's not bad if you do what you're told. Not really sure what was so special about the 20th, but... Today's the day to start pulling track. I worked my way down to track 7 that needed repair, which is a few hundred feet away from the main area. I grabbed my tools, which was a track spike lifter, a 10-pound sledgehammer, and a claw bar. I was really hoping I wouldn't have to use the damn spike lifter, but I brought it anyway. First spike came up pretty easy. After wedging the claw bar against the wood ties and under the spike, it popped right up. Of course, the second spike was overdriven, and... 
you need two people for that. One guy holds the spike lifter and the other guy bashes it with a 10-pound sledgehammer. Not exactly safe work. Gotta watch your hands. So, I left my tools there and headed back to the main area to find Ziggy and have him help me out. As I came around the corner, he was walking up to Sully's office, which usually we don't head up there during the middle of the day. And I was hoping to grab him before Sully put him on some other random project. When I got up there, he was already in the room talking to him. And I almost walked in, but it didn't seem like a good place to walk into. The conversation kind of sounded heated, and I heard Ziggy just yell at him saying, that's some fucked up shit you're saying. And Sully responded with, this ain't a favor. And I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with that. Okay, so that's what I have so far. I'm planning to release a new episode of The Clanks every two weeks as the story unfolds. But in the meantime, we could really use your support. So check out patreon.com slash theclanks. And please subscribe and review on iTunes so more people can hear Robbie's story. Oh, and if you like the music, check out Brendan Bonds on SoundCloud. Tell my brothers, I'll tell my